Welcome. You're listening to Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, the host of this program, and I send to you gratitude for your participation in joining me with today's broadcast. One of the things that I have been giving a lot of contemplation to is this notion of spirit, spirituality, soul, soulfulness, and life. And wondering to myself, is there really this separation that we learn about throughout the various ways we are taught in our world, schools, religions, family traditions, ancient technologies, there seems to be this division within the various schools of thought and also that reflects in the division of how we regard ourselves. And I'm as participatory of this as everyone else. I even... um, bring forth this radio program under the subtopic of consciousness, spirituality, and help, and also have added to that soul and life experience, life expression, and energy, and all these various facets of our being. But if we were to look at ourselves or regard ourselves as, say, a diamond, we all would recognize that a diamond has multiple surfaces making up the whole of that particular gemstone. And I believe, or I'm coming to understand, that this is really how we must come into the integration of understanding who we are in terms of our spirit, our soul, our physical body, our etheric body, all the different facets of our being mm, begin to manifest to us as a network, a neural network, a perceptual network And I know that there are a lot of analogies to our current state of technologies in terms of computer technologies and cell phone technologies and quantum computing and all the things that technology is presenting us with today are truly modeled after the human system. That's where it gets its basic framework from. So we live in a society that is disconnected from our true neuro network, reality network, and have been in many ways smeared across a fabricated reality, a technological reality that doesn't truly honor that personal reality of the natural creation of a human being. 
So how do we come to rely upon the integration rather than focus on the parts? I believe that this is our greatest challenge at this time in integrating the newness of our expanded dimensional reality. What people refer to as fifth dimensional reality, seventh dimensional reality. It isn't so much that the reality itself is different. It's that the interface is more complete and more holistic, which makes it a little bit difficult to verbalize in a linear fashion, but I will give it my best shot. From my perspective, the first challenge in integrating this multidimensional neurology within our system, our living system, is to begin to peel back, is to begin to peel back the um, pseudo-reality of our existence. And that pseudo-reality is not referring to the biological diversity of our environment, the earth itself, human beings themselves, the living plants and herbology, the sky, the birds, the animals, we're all very real and we're all very powerful components of this reality. What I'm speaking of that needs to be peeled away is the um, preconceived perception of our reality and the preconceived or how we were trained to engage in a linear thought process. So um, our minds are not working as well as they used to. You may have noticed this. I have discovered recently that when I rely almost entirely on my brain power, on my faculties of memory, on my faculties of any particular system of training how to do something, that the brain fails to perform. And I believe that part of this is because our brains, or certainly my brain, is on overload. There are just too many thoughts crammed into the same place, into the same space, and too many considerations that are at play. And so these considerations I would identify as thought patterns. We have so many thought patterns that regurgitate through our minds and in a manner of speaking, attempt to control our behavior and attempt to control our capacity to survive in the world today. So for instance, <clears throat> a pattern of thinking will have us um, getting up in the morning and 
um, thinking about the work that we're going to do and planning out the day and thinking about the tasks and who we have to get in touch with and what we need to accomplish in a given day. And then we roll in on top of that the thoughts of, um, am I making a good impression? Am I saying the right words in the right order? Have I, am I presenting an image that will allow people to take me seriously? And then sort of spun into that are the worries and the doubts of, well, you know, I forgot something in this particular situation, so that means people are judging me, so they must think I don't really know what I'm talking about, so now I have to prove myself, and how can I do that, because maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. So we have all these thought systems jumbled in our brains. And then we have the other voices, the voice of the um, judgmental parent or teacher, and we have the voice of our societies or maybe the preacher or priest. And then we have all of the um, things we were taught in school about proper posture, proper grammar, tra- proper interaction, writing a letter. And then we have all of these um, advice about how to be successful and how to manifest. And, well, don't think this. You have to think that. You have to be positive. You can't be negative. You have to do this. You have to do that. And no, it's not just the thoughts. It's the energy. And you have to be concerned with whether or not your heart is resonating with your truth. And by the time we get to the end of the day, we're so exhausted. All we can do is just zone out. But this is what I mean by our, we've reached a maximum capacity for what our brain can tolerate and what it can process. And in some measure, this is why um, technology is so appealing, because it can process so many more things in a limited space in a limited amount of time. So it's very appealing to think about um, quantum technology and let these computers figure out all these things, make all these calculations, and come to the best and reasonable choice or decision. Um, And that's a way to go. I suppose many people will take that route. But I am looking for a more holistic way of having these high-end multiple-task calculations, computations, to be able to function within our actual biology in such a way that allows us to make these quantum choices and come to this more expansive comprehension of whom we are and how to operate within our very strange and advancing world. Because from my perspective, I would certainly prefer to remain whole and human 
in my um, in my physicality and my facilities. I would not be one inclined to put a chip in my brain connecting me to an outer internet source that could make calculations that I would then be living my life upon or within. But how do we bridge that internal quantumness in a real world way? And truth be told, I have found that the solution, the real solution, is to trust. Because in matter of truth, we have all the capacity in our network of being neural network to make these calculations, but they have to be done without the influence of the human brain. The human brain, from my perspective, is essentially a receiver and emitter. It receives information, it emits information, it has a capacity to calculate, but it can only calculate based on what it has received. The brain is not able to calculate based on what it doesn't know. So when we move into our quantum state of being, it's really important to begin to conceptualize, understand, self-realize the limited capacity of our brain power. We are not the brain. The brain or the brain power is a facet of our being. So it's simply one of the tiny surfaces of a multifaceted diamond. So the brain, from, from my understanding of it, is really meant in our fullness as an interface between the manifested reality and the unmanifested reality. So our brain is the interface. So when the brain is functioning in um, without that dual recognition capacity, is going to be very limited. So a brain that believes itself to be the totality of intelligence in the being is only going to be able to function at half capacity because it is receiving its input, information, education, data from the exterior existing world, um, from the exterior um, sensory input from the body and the environment. So to become multidimensional is to begin to 
nurture one's brain capacity because it's it's of no use to condemn the mind or the brain. It's a very, very powerful tool, a very powerful facet of our being that is doing all that it can to serve our beingness. So the mind is a beautiful thing. And when we function in appreciation of our mind power, our brain, and and um, work with it with a capacity and with a generosity of appreciation and love for that facet of our being, then there it lowers the defenses a little bit of our of our own brain and mind to open up and begin to explore the other facets of uh, receptivity that it has. So, one of the things, getting back to peeling back, um, peeling away um, the linear um, training that our brain has had, if I could put it that way, is that we have been in a way coerced since birth to gradually shrink all the perceptual capacities that we are born with so that we can focus our attention into the manifested world of our physical reality. And the more one masters that art the more successful they can be in the physical, tangible world. And the more successful one can be in this physical, tangible world, the more confirmation that they will receive that this is the way and the only way. So it becomes more difficult for that kind of brain power that's been trained to such a great capacity in managing the physical realm, that there is something else. So, what you will, <clears throat> what we will see is that most often, this capacity to bridge the multi-dimensional neural network that is natural and innate to our being is going to be recognized first by those of us who are in some fashion um, outsiders or would be considered um, outside the mainstream world. So you'll have people who are very successful in corporations, people who are very successful in their careers, whatever that might be, they have a certain investment in maintaining that. And those people who might be considered um, less successful um, or who might consider themselves in some fashion a dropout from the system, not even really trying to make it. And it's... Generally, um, people such as this, such as myself, who are always exploring um, 
other worlds. Very often it will be the artistic personality, artistic in that they're painters or singers or writers or some form of creativity. And right next to the artistic is the autistic. The autistic person is someone who, for whatever reason, is biologically... um, set, their set point is outside the mainstream. So their perceptual reality is very different than the mainstream. And they often have a difficult time integrating uh, mainstream realities into that autistic reality, which is um, more focused in some other fashion. People who are engaged in the arts our creativity are have a much greater p- capacity to bridge between the un- unmanifest world and the manifest world. And those people who are very, very engaged in the manifest world are usually the most successful. The captains of industry, the ones who are successful in politics, and... Um, probably the high end of people in the arts as well. Very, very attached to the manifest world because it's working for them. But ultimately, because we are moving through a larger scale evolutionary process, as we move from the fourth dimensional realities into fifth, sixth, and seventh dimensional realities, then our capacities really do begin to change. And many of us recognize this change initially as sort of a general malaise or discontent with what used to be good enough. So the relationships that once made us happy don't. You know, they either bore us or, um, you know, there's some kind of stress there where it feels artificial and not quite a right fit. Um, Workplaces are the same, um, Everything just seems a little bit off balance, off color, and it drives us overall into the searching for something different, something better. We're missing something, and we don't know what it is. And that's generally how it starts. And then we go from that to a place of getting glimpses and hints that there's so much more going on, that spirituality is a real thing and that having a soul is a real thing and having um, fragments of lifetimes other than the one we're experiencing is a real thing. And we're, we're, we're getting these little flashes of realizations and that's kind of the next stage of moving into a higher dimensionality in terms of our neural network. 
And as we begin to explore these various facets of who we are, the less power the brain and the mind have in those realities or in those facets of our fullness as a being. Because the brain um, by itself doesn't have the tool set. It's made and it functions as an outgrowth into the physical reality. And so ultimately the brain, the mind, begins to recognize one of two things. I have to, as the um, arbiter of this being that I am, open myself to input from other sources or I can shut down the capacity of input from anything that is out of my control. And that's generally the point at which people start to have breakdown and breakthrough. Where the brain becomes more and more stressed, the mind becomes more and more stressed, trying to justify this reality that we're living in, the the physical reality. And so you become a little bit split because there's this part of you that is ultimately dissatisfied with the reality that we witness with our senses. But then we have this um, brain mindset that wants to shut down any other possibilities. And so there is this graduated attempt of the thinking capacity, the mind capacity, to control this external world and fix things. Um, well, it's aware of the dissatisfaction, so what do I need to fix in order to stop this dissatisfaction? And so it will try to convince you to act this way, act that way, think this, think that. And what happens is, is that you are become engaged in an internal war of sorts where your senses, the senses of the body, the senses of your creativity are in some ways being harnessed and made rigid by the linear mind, by saying, do this, follow this step, follow this step, follow this step, you should get this result. But if the result fails and it's like, well, you did that wrong, now follow this step, follow this step, follow this step. And then if that, and if that step fails and you're still dissatisfied, then it just constricts more and constricts more and constricts more because the linear mind is at war with the senses for all of the attention of 
our beingness. But the senses that we have, the brain power that we have, are really just a facet, not the totality of who we are. So as we have this conflict, internal conflict going on, it causes us to break down. So the senses break down. Either the body breaks down, um, you get sick, or you begin to um, develop strange habitual behaviors and systems in order to keep your world safe. You know, so a lot of um, fetishes or, you know, strange habits, you know, washing your hands every five minutes or being afraid of things start happening, phobias, because you are trying to control to such a degree that your natural capacity to sense and feel and discern breaks down. And, you know, in terms of your capacity to engage in the world and function begins to break down. It reaches the point where you can't go to work and do the same thing every day. It reaches the point where you can't pretend that these relationships are working and you love these people, but you just don't have anything to say or to share. And, you know, and, and just things start to disintegrate, disintegrate. Until you, until you ultimately find yourself in some kind of an abyss. And, you know, people in this state end up losing their work or quitting their jobs or being called out for not fitting in and not complying with what is expected of them. And, you know, they may be outcast even though they don't strive for that or or wish for that. But you find yourself in this state of abyss. And this is one of the necessary stages of coming to understand the multifaceted nature of our true existence. Because when all of those linear systems break down, we begin to become aware of these other capacities that we have inside of our being. And we become aware of these capacities with um, a recognition that there is no place in our preconceived programmed world for these natural capacities of energetic spirit, soul, connecting to experiences that the soul has within its repertoire, which we think of as past lives, other lives. All of these things are part of the repertoire of your soul. The soul is the 
part of your being that keeps track of all these things. So when we begin to recognize that we have all of these systems going on inside of our being, we begin to approach the threshold of our fifth, seventh densities or dimensional realities. And then the step becomes, or the process becomes, in a way like being a child again and learning to crawl and then learning to walk and then learning to stride, and then learning to run. But in these dimensions, you also have the capacity to go beyond the limitations of our physical reality and, in a sense, fly. And when I say fly, I'm not talking about sprouting wings in our blue skies. I'm talking that we have the capacity to move our conscious awareness and sort of darting into these different realities, experiencing them, pulling back what we need, um, and moving into different vibrations that allow us to have a much more expansive simultaneous intake of information. So we, we have this tremendous capacity for the intake of simultaneous information, deriving it from many sources and pulling it together to be able to um, comprehend and construct, create with that information. But the important thing to recognize is that the brain itself, the mind itself, does not have the capacity to do that. So our brain, our linear brain, can recognize that there is this other source of information that is very powerful. So I'm putting this in a way that will not intimidate the linear brain because the brain wants to be all-powerful of all the information available. But if we can bring our mind to understand that by expanding into this other capacity, this internal self-network of data, that it will be risen and expanded in its capacity to integrate that data into our world. So the brain becomes, rather than that which can take in all the information, process the information, and then 
act upon it. It becomes simply the function of not choosing, not processing, but relaying that information into the reality field in which we live. So if your soul, your spirit energy, your soul, is assessing your particular situation in this life stream and recognizing that, okay, um, my human life in this reality called Earth is approaching a time when they need a certain skill set to navigate this reality. But I can see from my vantage point, speaking as the soul, from my vantage point, that the part of me that is expressing in this life doesn't have and has not been exposed to the necessary information and tools to be able to navigate this situation. I, as the soul, recognize that the me that is expressing in this life is walking through a mind field and may create harm for us in this life or others in this life because they don't have an expansive enough understanding of how to navigate this situation. So, if I can communicate to this part of me that is existing in this life stream, the proper tools, then we will be more successful in our life expression. So this is the position that the soul is in. And in the past, what would happen? There'd be no internal communication. So there has to be all of this sort of manipulation to try to get you the right information. Um, so so you'll, you might be motivated to walk into a bookstore, walk down a particular aisle. A particular book will jump out at you. And you'll say, oh, that's interesting. You pull open a book and you'll read a particular paragraph that will give you an insight that might give you the tool that you need to navigate your situation. And that's kind of how it might have been prior. But when we are connected to this vaster neural network that includes the vibration, the spirit, the soul, the various life expressions that the soul has a catalog of, then that means that there can be an instantaneous flash of information. And you could just know. Because it's part of the experience that you've had somewhere in the vast array of the network of your being. So there needs to be a certain surrender to allow that to take place. And that is my way of expressing and explaining exactly what the opportunity is at this moment.
But for that to happen, we have to surrender to the greater wisdom, the deeper wisdom, the vast wisdom of our being. And there's a learning curve there because the perception has to be self-taught, you know. Perceiving these signals, this information has to be grasped by our sense perception, worldly sense perception. The um, has to be acted upon um, in order for it to, to make its full um, communication, its full for the full intent of it to reach the blossoming within your life. And so we go through a period where we practice these skills, where we let go of the mind's desire to be in control of a situation, where we let go of the perception that we actually can control a situation. Because this is really what the delusion, the illusion is. The illusion is really just our perception of what we are experiencing rather than um, having contact with the actual experience. So we perceive ourselves as being successful and happy and we sort of fit into that mold. Or we might perceive ourselves as being unsuccessful and unhappy and will fit into that mold. We might perceive ourselves as being a failure and can't really do anything. Or we could perceive ourselves as being a success and everything we do turns to gold. And all of these perceptions matter because there's a way in which the perception is on the dial of manifestation. So your perception, when you turn it along that dial from failure to success to happy to sad, all these points, the perception is not a perception of what is. It's mostly a conceiver of what is. So what you perceive as being sad is you creating sad. What you perceive as being happy is you creating happy. What you perceive as being angry is you creating angry. So there's a way in which this perception perceiver framework is an important one. But where we miss the mark is in thinking that this perceiver creator aspect is the totality. And we have to recognize that it is really just the mechanism. And that the true Self-consciousness or consciousness of self 
is on either side of the perception. So the network, the neural network, the five-dimensional, seven-dimensional neural network is truly the generator of that information, sending it through your perceiver. And then the perceiver creates that in the reality. So the more vast you are connected to the neural network of your being, the more vast and the more real your created life will become. And, well, that's a lot to think about. Um, but it's a, it's a, a free flowing of thought that I wanted to share with you. And really this is to introduce the idea that we can surrender and let go and allow the information to come through. And this particular broadcast, many of my broadcasts actually, fall into that category where there's no mind in the process. What my mind does is attentive to the information that it comes through. And my mind will go back through it, listen to it, absorb it, and allow it to be part of the perceptual knowing of my mind. So there is a way in which when we do this for ourselves, and I'm suggesting that you can do this and sh uh, for yourself, is that it changes the capacitor of that perceiver-creator. And you begin to set within your mind a dynamic that comes from the generating source of your being instead of that framework being set from external sources of the family, of the religion, of the government, of the corporation, of the society, of the value systems that we are ra uh, raised to function within. And as we absorb and allow this more expansive self to communicate through, we set different parameters and different guideposts and gradually those parameters expand to greater and greater capacities to the point that we can just receive in a flash the information that we need to navigate the limited dimensional reality that provides physicality. And we should understand this reality as a great gift. It's a beautiful thing to have tact tactile feelings and to be able to experience emotions in a total way, to be able to engage with each other energetically in conversation um, sensually is a beautiful thing. And this world was created for the purpose of having these gifts. But we're at a point 
in this reality where we have an opportunity to truly master the physical reality with the capacity of spirit, soul, self, energy, self, expansive self, um, and begin to more expediently bring that wisdom together in and within and as our life expression. And the more we develop this capacity, the greater we are able to become the true interface, the true creator force, conscious creator force within this realm. And this is the challenge and this is the um the walk this is what this this is what we're doing and every being is on a different timeline and has different gifts but as we withdraw from what is projected at us from external of our being through these worldly mind melds of politics, religion, education. Then we begin as beings who are constructing a different narrative of reality because it really is just a construction. And then as we begin to connect in like mind and like cause this energy of the expanded capacity becomes more strongly manifest in our physical reality giving us that opportunity to shift the world that we're living in. And I would say in terms of these calendars, the Dogon calendar, the Aztec Mayan calendars, the various calendars of the ancient civilizations, they speak of these worlds of shifting reality. And we're living in that in-between time right now where we are doing that new baby crawl and, you know, maybe paddling, you know, dog paddling in the water instead of full-out swimming as we learn to integrate these multi-dimensional neuronet capacity. Let's embrace it fully and trust that it is here for us. Because counter to this infant stage that we're in, in terms of our natural internal neuronets, is this external force that has had millennia to build itself into its power and strength. And the mechanisms are many 
that are in place to distract you from this internal flowering. And the desire for things and position and resources are very attractive. And the need simply to sustain oneself, to make sure that one's family survives, becomes necessary. So just understand that all that we experience and see from the out-in represents the end game of a system that has had its day and would dissolve completely if not for the sustaining support of human energy. So when you give of yourself to these external forces out of necessity or out of desire or even by not knowing better, just understand that the wisdom of the whole self will find a way to extract you from that system, that entrapment of these systems. One of the most powerful ways is through the breakdown, breakthrough, to pull you back into what is true of your reality. Um, Creativity, there's going to be a way because one era is done and a new era is beginning. Everyone will get there. And the universe is very benevolent, providing this space between spaces within which everything is existing from the most malevolent to the most benevolent. So that gradually all souled beings will be nurtured and nourished and moved out of these systems of control and prepared for the birth and the dawn of the new era. So there's nothing to worry or to fear, but I want to suggest that it's so much better when you embrace it. It's just so much better because the gift The gifts just keep coming. The synchronicities grow. The blessings magnify. And even though we experience the disappointments, the challenges, the, you know, that feeling bad for failing and not doing the best in the world, we still have those feelings. But there's so much more to the energy of being cherished and embraced and cared for when you begin to see how much of the cosmic force, how much of your soul, spirit, self, and all of the experiences, the living experiences of your being that we think of as past lifetimes or other lifetimes, future lifetimes, and all of the people, the beings we think of as ancestors, our foreparents, and 
for deities. We have such an enormous support system through this process that we can think of ourselves, yes, as this baby learning to crawl, but we do have tremendous energy, tremendous force, tremendous love, tremendous guidance. Should we choose to open those other portals? So the brain, in recognition of this, becomes nourished and grown and cultivated by the greater wisdom of our source being and that we can begin to be mind, body, spirit, soul in harmony with the vitality and brilliance of our sourced self. You've been listening to Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Catherine Davis. Communicate with me at heartofmindradio at gmail.com. Go to the website heartofmindradio.com for more information. And you can find links right here over the Progressive Radio Network, prn.fm, on the Heart of Mind Radio archive page. Stay tuned for more great programming and join me again on Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. Be blessed. Take care. All is well. 